ALG really saved me. I put all of my success on joining this group. People constantly checking in saved me. I made so many like friends with people that I've never met, but I feel incredibly close to and, and I consider them family. It really is a family. It is a place where you can just be yourself and there is no judgment. There is no shame. You are so welcome there. Nobody has to be in this alone. Everybody is either going through or has gone through the same thing at one point. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the ALG podcast. I am your co-host, John Arpino, otherwise known as JR's Journey. Alongside me is my partner in crime, David Roden, fit underscore D-Rock. David, it's been a minute. How are you, brother? It's been a minute, and uh, and you're coming back a little lighter, not because of necessarily fat loss, but because yeah. of excess skin removal surgery. That's right. My titties are gone, guys. They're titties are gone. Gosh, I got to say, John, what, on a scale, okay, you've had two surgeries now. Yes. I've had two surgeries. Yes. Which one was more impactful as of right now, chest or your abdominal? Impactful as like what just it feels better that it's gone. Well, I will tell you that uh, tummy tuck recovery and uh, chest recovery is two different oh, ball games. Hundred percent. But I'm oh, just talking this... about like, what are you happier that it's gone? Oh wow, mm, that's a really good question. Uh, I have to say maybe chest right now, bro. I, yeah. I'm the same way. I was more. Yeah. It's it was a smaller surgery, but I found getting my titties taken off was yeah. was more like. <sighs> Yeah, and then and I and I didn't and I didn't think that like before it went down, but now that like I'm scrolling through past pictures and like Mm -hmm. pictures that I took this week without having just how just just, how no like how the shirt sits on your chest now. Well, that's yeah. The first day that my after my first post op consultation, I took that video that I posted on Instagram of how my shirt was just laying on my chest with no lumps for the first time ever in my life, and that was just like. Holy shit. Like you can tuck belly fat. Yeah, like there's can, a million ways. Yeah. There's so many ways to, to tuck away excess skin on your stomach and sides. But like, as a guy, there's like, there's no way of hiding, you know, unless, when unless you you're binding. Movies. Yeah. If, unless you're binding your chest all the time, there's, there's really no way of, of hiding that. So to not have them anymore is just like, it's weird. <laughs> it's so yeah, 100%. weird. I, I found more of an emotional, like, yeah. Uh, on, yeah. on the ex- the chest, the chest, we did the same se- sequence. I had waist, hips and butt first, uh-huh. then chest. And just like you, chest is a breeze. Walk in the park. Compared oh to waist, hips. Oh my God. Couldn't believe it. Like, I really, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know. I don't really think that I expected a hard road of recovery because but I also heard some horror stories from people mm-hmm. that had had it done. And like, I don't know. I woke up and I was like, I was chilling. Like mm-hmm. to this day, I'm, I'm seven, six or seven days post-op now. Today's Saturday, right? Today's Saturday. Okay. So today is seven days post-op now. And I've yet to take one Percocet. I have my whole prescription of Percocets. I've taken nothing stronger than an Advil, Motrin or Tylenol. So mm-hmm. that just way. says was, it right there. Like I was off all the opiates after day one. I was like, oh, no, nah, I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need them. I just, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, absolutely it's, wild now did i, I gotta i can't remember because we went straight into it um did we say the how this episode's gonna like what's the what's our name did, we, did have not, we have not we have not disclosed yeah. what this i mean obviously you clicked about. on it so you know what it is 
Yeah, so this this episode, David, why don't you tell them what it is? Yeah, this episode, we're going to be talking about facts, myths, and realities with massive weight loss. So 100, 150, 50, 200, yeah. 250 plus, some of those realities and some of those myths. And there's um, a lot of those because there's, there's a lot a across the board and some personal experiences. Like I, yeah. we're going to, we're actually going to have a conversation about how John and I like vibed off of our original podcast that I started mm -hmm. a year and a half ago, two years, two years ago. Two years I think it's year. almost two years, ago, almost right? two years. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So first and foremost, as we kind of go into, we're kind of diving into it as it is. Cause I think a, this, this first reality is annoying because it gets overly drawn out and mm -hmm. it tends to be the you're just you're majoring in the minors like what i mean by that is like you're focusing on the wrong things when you oh. get when i get constantly asked this question which you do too which is excess skin removal yeah this is this is like the big one i think it's yeah, we I feel like there's that common DM that that everyone oh, constantly who's, who's lost like 150 pounds, 200 pounds always gets is like, am I going to have loose skin? Because if I'm going to have loose skin, then I don't know if I want to do this. And you're like, so you'd rather live in an unhealthy body that your knees yeah. hurt, your back hurts. It sucks to put on pants just because you got some flappy excess skin. Like, come on. Right. You know, but, like, but, but I get it. I, I get why the question is asked. Yeah, because I feel um, like I've been on the other side of that DM as well. You know, at a certain point in my life, I feel that excess skin kind of maybe did hold me back from taking that huge leap of faith and finally deciding to change my life. But guys, if if loose skin and and having it is, is what's keeping you back from from saving your own life, then you need to dive deeper into what's going on than just, you know, excess weight and being overweight and stuff like that, because skin, skin is skin, you know, exactly. it doesn't matter for the right. vast majority of people. Now, some people can get some, some, uh, infections and stuff, right. but the vast majority of people, even with massive weight loss, you're not going to get any skin infections. You're not no. going to like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's, uh, it's, annoying it's a new it's a nuisance it kind of a nuisance yeah but when you sit there and think about it's just not, I, but i get it because it's like for me when i when i have when i hear someone ask me that question the first thing mm -hmm. i think about is they're still in a scarcity mindset yeah they're still fearing the uncertainty of weight loss and they're just trying to grasp mm -hmm. to anything that they can grab to make themselves like a little more certain about what's going to happen well let's just be logical for a second i mean david I mean, I know that I had a laundry list of ailments, you know, when I was obese, you know, I had the the hypertension, I had the sleep apnea, I had the really bad asthma, uh, you know, for you, what, what did you have before, you know, before you made your transformation, just besides being obese? Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was, I was on track for type two diabetes. I mm -hmm. was, my insulin sensitivity was going down. So my insulin was rising. And so I was put on metformin for that. And then I had super high blood, super high blood yeah. pressure. So let me ask you a question. Would you rather still be on the metformin and probably on high blood pressure medicine? Or would not you rather have excess skin? I'd rather have excess skin. Like, I, and that's logical, it's, right? it's like, not even It's not even the health yeah. too. It's like, oh my gosh, the rest of life. Yeah. Like, and, oh. and, and, and when you put it that way, sometimes I just feel like I'm asking a person, so would you rather have a bowl of chocolate ice cream or would you rather have a bowl of dog shit? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and the logical question, like the logical answer to that question is obviously the bowl of chocolate ice cream. I yeah. hope, you know, I hope. <laughs> I hope that is 
the logical answer to that but question. That's what's so fascinating about. I love the mental side of change. Yes. I love how this, when you're grasp, when you're, when you're in this fear state, when you're in this scarcity state and you're always worried, you're not even making logical thought process. You're no. like, you're just trying to grab to anything yeah. that fits how mm-hmm. negative you're thinking mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think, you know, a lot of that is because you're in panic mode. Yeah. You know what you, when you get, when you let yourself get so far and let's say that you're a person that's in like the 300 pounds, the 400 pounds, the 500 pound mark right now you're in that panic survival mode you're you know you're that guy who's in the water bobbing and weaving hoping someone sends him a life jacket and you're gravitating towards whatever little knowledge you can get that you think is the right knowledge but for some reason in the back of your head you're not going to grab the life raft that tells you hey losing weight's the right answer because you might have loose skin like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't it's weird. And I get it because I lived it. Like I, yeah. and, and even looking back on it, like you're not wrong for thinking that, right? If you're listening to this and you're in that mind frame of, well, you know, I kind of don't want to change my life because I am afraid of the, uh, of the excess skin and I really don't have the funds for the plastic surgery. I get it. I totally get it. But you need to save your own life. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I, cause, cause, cause mine was instead of the excess skin part, what I was worried about, I did the whole, my thought, my process was I just justified that I wasn't that far gone when I was 410. Like, oh, you're always, that's always the big justification. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know? yeah. I mean, I look pretty good for, blah, 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 blah. I look really good for 510 pounds, you know? I could self love. <laughs> my favorite, no, my favorite thing. No, there's a difference between self love. Don't make me come over there and smack the hell out of you. But I remember giving myself the justification always of, yeah, you're 510 pounds, but dude, you're six foot five. You know what I mean? Like you're a tall five. You're a fucking you're tall, a tall 540 540 pounds. <laughs> yeah, like, don't worry about it, bro. Like if you were shorter. Oh God, if you were shorter, oh, then you had you were, something to worry were, about. If you were five foot 11, it'd be game yeah. over. It'd be game over. Yeah. You would have to lose weight at this point. But since I'm over six foot. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's, fine. it's okay. <laughs> I love it. All right. But going into that, so, first one of the, the myths within myths. that. Yes. That I think is so important is the myth that fast or slow weight loss matters when it comes to excess skin. I find it hysterical. So for you, so th- is that are, a fact or a myth? For there you, are, a myth. It's a myth. Okay, like cool. the idea, yeah, like you hear people out there going, well, if you lose the weight slow, you don't have excess skin or near as much. It has nothing to do with it. How fast you lose the weight, how fast you lose the body fat means nothing to the excess skin. The excess skin is the excess skin. Like it doesn't make any difference, but it is. It's going to be there regardless. Yeah. It, it is hysterical to me how this myth has been brought about that. If I lose the weight slower, it's going to tighten the skin up better. Like it doesn't make any difference. I really, for those at home that kind of believe that I want you to, Go home if you still have plastic bags where you live, because I know that there's not a lot of plastic bags left in the world. But if you happen to have one, I want you to fill that bad boy up with water. And then I want you to pour out that water really, really slow. Okay, and you're still going to have that excess bag. And then I want you to do it really, really, really quick. And it's going to be the same result. Still the same thing with skin. Yeah, it's still it's the same thing with skin and body fat and and all that. Like it's all the same. It's 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 all relative. You know, fast paced, slow paced. You're your body can only withhold so much elasticity within the skin. Yep. And that's really all. It's just genetics. It's science. As much it's as I hate to fucking say it's science because science. then this guy gets all fucking <laughs> the chub. Hold on. But hold yeah. On. Science. Yeah. There he is. I want to, I want to put like a, a post op. Science. 
<laughs> I tell you what, if you edit this podcast so you have a special graphic when you say science, I'm going to come to Michigan. And <laughs> it's what's going to happen. It is. I love but it. No, I love it, it. it is. It is. It's science. It's genetics. It's just it. it's the nature of the beast. It just happens, guys. It is, you it's you a can't reality. go from so big to so small and think it's snap. Yep. crackle it's good yeah and it's like oh yeah if doing oh my gosh the wraps and shit oh if you just if you sit oh if you wrap your skin that's really yeah. good yeah mm-hmm. all right it gets me okay so number two when it comes to excess skin roll we want to talk about i think this is the reality and this <laughs> this is a the a reality when it comes to excess skin removal surgery not all doctors are the same no not like God, this no. is this is something that is so fascinating to me and I've just started to find I've been I, I don't like using the P word very often privilege, but oh. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say this. I'm privileged on the standpoint that with my dad being one of the top cardiologists in West Michigan and Michigan, anyone I went to, it was always a, my dad was the one who got me referred. So I always saw the best. Mm-hmm. That's just how it was. Any my endocrinologist, anytime I had an issue, I always went to the best. So I never even took to the realization that there are bad doctors doctors. and it's funny, like so on the flip of the coin there and i and i had just answered this before we got on this podcast on my instagram um what i've come to realize because you know i'm i'm starting to be a lot more open about uh my first tummy tuck not going you know absolutely the most perfect way that it should have and having complications and stuff like that um plastic surgeons are a lot like used car dealers a lot of the time, those salesmen, they're looking to make a sale. Yep. And I know that that sounds really messed up because you you never want to look at someone and be like, oh, you're just using me for my money. But there's a lot of the time, you know, because this is an elective surgery. They're not being paid out by an insurance company. You know, they're, the money is coming out of your own pocket for everything. Mm-hmm. So they're looking to make a deal. Like they're looking to get you in there. They're going to they're going to sell you some high hopes and dreams and it might not always be what you wanted it to be when you got out. Uh, for me personally, when I got my tummy tuck, um, I the first surgeon that I went to, I did not go to a person who had a lot of experience with someone who had excess skin removal. Like he was used to doing the mommy makeovers and the people that had, you know, lost 15 pounds and felt like they had a little stomach pouch. Like he never worked. I was the first person he worked on that lost more than 200 pounds, you know, and the work shows the work is not bad. If I wasn't someone who who had lost so much weight, I think the work would have been a lot better. But, uh, you know, right now I'm I'm left with a lot of scar tissue. Uh, not really sure, you know, what's going on inside of me. I, you know, coming out of this surgery, I was supposed to get my chest done and a revision on my tummy tuck. When my doctor went in and finished up my chest and cut me open to do the revision on the tummy tuck, he took a look around inside and it was just one big scar tissue. He didn't know how my past doctor set up, you know, everything underneath my uh, abdominal wall. He didn't know how, you know, the area that you would consider a FUPA, you know, he didn't understand how he set up that area. So there was a lot of unknown to what's going on right now. And I have to, you know, get some scans and see what's going on and see what's really cooking under the hood. But a lot of doctors are not, no doctor is going to look at you in the eye and say, yeah, I really don't know what I'm doing here, bud, but don't worry about it. We'll get you under anesthesia. We're, we're, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. We'll just take a little off the top. No pain. There's not nope. going to be any pain. No it's pain. Just gonna... <sighs> but yeah, guys, really study. I'm, and, I, and I'm telling you, look, if a doctor doesn't have a really well set up, this is 2021, guys, okay? If a doctor does not have a well set up website 
or social media platform to show you his past work, mm-hmm. it's it's be time careful. to look elsewhere. Yeah, be careful and that because that's a big one. Yeah, and and I think going with that when it comes to researching doctors, and this is something that people, it's unfortunate, but this is just a recommendation. Don't go to a general surgeon. Go oh, yeah. to a plastic surgeon. And that's They're a big different. hiccup. Yeah, very They're different. The pla- re- general surgeons, they can do a gr- they'll do a great safe job. It'll yeah. be safely done. But they won't be hiding scar lines. They won't right. be contouring. They won't be doing everything that what a plastic surgeon is trained to, trained do. to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that when you're thinking about this process, you're really taking your time to go to a a plastic surgeon, it's going to couple, it's going to cost someone a couple who's thousand board, more yeah. dollars. Someone who's board certified, ask about those board certifications. Don't be, a, yeah. that's the thing. I was very timid my yeah. first go around. You know, you're, it's your money. You should be asking yeah. all the questions you want to ask. Everything, <laughs> everything, ask it all. And don't take no for an answer because I did the first time around. Listen, I went into to my first tummy tuck consultation, knowing exactly what I needed and wanted. I wanted a 360 done. You know, I, I wanted, um, I'm going to fuck up how this is pronounced, but the, the circumferential, no, f- the, the fleur delay. What, what is it? The one where they go, they do the front and then they kind of go up a little bit. People listening will know what it is. I can't pronounce what it is, but they'll know. Okay. Um, so I knew these were the surgeries that I needed and the surgeries that I wanted. Mm-hmm. When I told that to the surgeon, now, mind you, those surgeries would have cost me more money. The doctor would have been paid more money, but he had turned around me oh no you only need a hip to hip uh tummy tuck you don't need all that you don't have that much excess skin mind you i looked like a melted bowl of vanilla ice cream but that's what he said so that's okay you're the doctor you must know what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. and then i came out botched you and that's know? where that's where i'd go with um part two of that whole thing which is guess what you have time on your side go yes. get multiple have multiple conversations, get, see, talk to two or three different plastic surgeons, see if everything they say is aligned. Then you can go, because once you get the conversation from one doctor, you can say, hey, he wants to do it this way. What are your thoughts on that? Right. This doctor wants to do it this way. What is your thoughts on that? Right. And then, so now you're able to figure out what the best strategy for you is, and you can start playing the bullshit test. Right. You're what, playing like, the field at that point. You're, you're playing dating. the field. And, yeah. and and just like anything else, a doctor that's not willing to, that gets uh, any any person that gets salty, that you're getting a second opinion. Yes. Be careful of that doctor by that by itself, because any doctor would be more than happy to be like, hey, now if you get 12 second opinions, yes, then you're on a hold. But like to get two or three second opinions when you're in the process of thinking about getting excess skin removal surgery, do it. Go to two or three different surgeons, ask questions, then take those same questions and answers. Ask the second doctor, what are your thoughts based upon his answers? Because then you're going to get what's best for you and not mm-hmm. which is what's comfortable for the surgeon. That's the other thing too, is like the surgeon's going to do what he is comfortable with more than anything. Yeah. And so by asking these questions, you're going to get a, a better full answer for yourself because they're always going to look through the lens of what they want, not necessarily what you want. Right. And so, so that's the last one when it comes to researching doctors, um, go to a, go to a plastic surgeon, just, it's going to cost me. It's going to cost a couple more thousand dollars, but it's worth it. Like seeing some of these excess skin rules, I, I just feel bad because it's like, 
being in the space long enough and you start seeing people's uh, skin removal surgeries and where their scar lines are and how they did it. Obviously I would never tell these people, but I'm just like, right. Was the surgeon doing? Yeah. And just remember guys, it's your hard earned money. Yeah. You know, it's your milestone. Don't let anyone take that away from you. Uh, because you will be unhappy. You you'll end up being more unhappy mm-hmm. than you were before you went in. Yeah, that's it, that's personal advice coming from a personal place of personal experience. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So make sure you it, you don't have to. It, it took you two plus years to probably lose the weight. Right. Don't feel like you got to take two days to make a decision. Um, yeah, on who's gonna on yeah. who's gonna make this massive. Just just take your time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Now because you should be celebrating how much healthier you are in the body you're in. That. This this is just excess skin removal needs to be a icing on the cake, which is right. a terrible line. <laughs> yeah, but that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you say cake? <laughs> but um, but I think that is so 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 important, and I want we wanted to hammer that from the get go. Um, and obviously you had your I had I had a little bit of um complications. Mine were pretty small. I had my two big complications were number one, right in that, like the pubic area of the circumferential. Um, I have that wear like for the first two years, I had to be careful wearing like buckles and like wearing like yeah, okay. any big buckle type um, uh, belts or anything like that, because it would rub. And it's mm-hmm. like, for example, if I were on a flight, I would take off my belt because if that that two hours of rubbing right there, it would irritate it. I get these little blood blisters. It was not fun. Yeah, no, um, not like a good time at all. Yeah, but but in this, but we're talking. These suckers were like this big. They weren't yeah. anything big. Um, that was one. And the number two, I had to, this was a fun one. Um, I think we talked about this. I went on a roller coaster. Um, well, you went on Tower to Tower, right? Yeah, Tower Tower, like eight weeks post op, six weeks post op, and I yeah. tore my incision over here. And he's just like, "You fucking idiot." <laughs> But I felt so good. <laughs> oh, it's completely my fault. You're a moron for that. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's just that's just you being Mr. Son of a Doctor, best cardiologist uh, in the world. You know what I'm gonna do, guys? I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a roller coaster after having a do. massive excess skin removal surgery. You know what seems like a good idea? It was just it's just yeah. up and down, man. I just thought it was it's just it. up and down. It's, it's not like all down. bunch of motion, it's just up and down. So I'm going to I'm actually going to look up something really quick. Yep. I know that I'm on my phone, but I want to when I when I say what complication I have, I want to actually like, look it up. Yeah. Cool. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. It is that. All right, cool. So on the flip of the coin. So for me, my tummy tuck. My tummy tuck looked great. Right. Like, I don't want to take that away and I don't want to take away from the surgeon's work or how I felt at the time, because I did. I legitimately felt on top of the world. I thought that the work was really, really well done, except for my pelvic area, which was an absolute disaster and a mess. Um, Am I transparent about how bad it was not to the fullest extent almost because it's almost embarrassing for me um but the area that would that you know used to be my fupa it instead of it being gone like it should have been absolutely gone flat surface beautiful it kind of stuck out and kind of looked like a mickey mouse mitt 
on top of my waist and like kind of looked at the surgeon afterward and was like, Hey buddy, what's going on down here? All this is not really, uh, it, it shouldn't look like this. And he had, a, you know, first he had told me it was just swelling. You know, it was nothing to worry about. The swelling would go away. Give it a couple of weeks, couple of weeks turned into a few months, few months said I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then I had realized in one area above my, above my pelvis that I, it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and like the doctor was like oh no it's just swelling it's normal that's normal don't worry about it. it's normal and it was just and then it started to turn yellow and once it turned yellow i was like okay we have a really big problem here so what had happened was i had a seroma right am i pronouncing that right now i gotta look back at my phone because i don't okay. want to sound like a moron when i talk about this so yeah so i had a seroma and what had happened was the cavity that is underneath my abdominal wall so you have your abdominal wall and then you have like what would be your pelvic area yep. in between those two spaces, the muscle and the skin never came back together on its own. OK, so and it created a huge pocket yep. of fluid Syn now, synovial fluid and fluid. So now when I say a huge pocket, I mean, from one hip, my right hip, all the way to the middle of my pelvis, like underneath mm -hmm. my belly button was a wide gaping hole. Well, it was a gaping hole after they finally drained the fluid. Yep. So they had to cut me open, drain the fluid. And now here's the wild part, guys. Obviously, all those nerves are dead. So you don't feel them cutting open your scar. And I, this was all awake. You don't feel them cutting open your scar. You don't feel any of the drainage going on. And then I had a wide gaping hole on the front of my body for about four to five months. that I would every day have to go back to this man's office for him to unpack and repack the wound. And it would yep. have to from the inside out so from it from from bottom to top it would yeah packing wounds suck oh my when i tell you that it was the worst experience of my whole entire life not because of pain it wasn't pain guys it was the mental anguish that was going it's on a that big old I, hole in your body yeah that i had just paid all this money and now this immaculate scar line that i had is fucked up mm -hmm. you know? and i have a giant gaping fucking hole in the front of my body <laughs> Like I had another wallet. I had a fanny pack before fanny packs came back. Okay. You had a built-in fanny pack. I had a built-in <laughs> fanny pack. Could have kept my stuff in there. But um, but yeah, so so you know, I, I had that complication. Mm -hmm. Um, my my body uh, you know, in some areas was I don't know if this did this happen to you? Did you reject some of the internal stitches? Uh yeah. Probably yeah. a couple. I think I so, yeah. I was I was talking to um, another surgeon and it seems that a lot of people that have like Mediterranean roots or like from that, you know, from from like Greece, Italy, that that kind of heritage, olive skin people, they're more. And I'm not saying that I'm tan or olive skin because we know I'm pale as fuck. But those ethnicities, for some reason, their bodies reject inside sutures more. Okay. So I was rejecting sutures left and right, like to the point, like if I bent a certain way on my waistline, it'd be like, bing, and then out would pop this like little plastic suture. Yeah. And I have a little hole in the side of my body. So yeah, my first go around was not, uh, not, not ideal, as, not ideal. Not ideal. So you just scared everyone from getting access to skin removal. <laughs> I did. I know everyone <laughs> is never going to have it now, but I'm telling you that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If you just fucking find the right guy and yeah, don't be it, naive and don't walk in thinking that you don't know what you're talking about. If you're doing the research, mm -hmm. that's, that's like the big take home for me guys. Like I knew what I was talking about going into this surgery, but I, tr I put way too much trust into someone that didn't deserve my trust.
Yeah. You didn't take your time. You didn't do your due diligence. Right. You, you took someone that may be skilled in one area, but doesn't necessarily mean they're skilled in another. Like, oh, yeah, you're great with boob jobs and this, this, and this. So right. you're automatically good at cutting off 15 pounds of excess skin from blah, 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 blah. Not necessarily. Not necessarily true. So, yeah, so I totally agree there. Now, number two, when it comes to this is the one that we had to read. I went to research before we did it. Um, so fascinating. I with this, um, this is a reality slash fact that it, with knee problems of people. Oh, yeah, I love um, this one. This one's crazy. So for every one pound of muscle lost or muscle, one pound of fat loss or one pound of weight loss you take four pounds of pressure off your knees, which means if you lose 10 pounds of fat, you took 40 pounds of pressure off your knees. If you lose 100 pounds, you, you just took 400 pounds off your knees. And from experience, it makes sense because yeah, I think about so 400 much. pound me and like just walking at like an amusement park or going on a walking anything more than a mile and oh, my back would be just jacked. Even just my standing knees. in one place. Just standing in one place, 100%. Yeah, yeah it sucks. Yeah. And it totally makes sense because, like, well, it's just, it's easy too. Like, d- deadlift up 100 pounds and then just stand there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy to really mm-hmm. start to realize how much that excess fat fucks with you. Mm-hmm. Like, just put a backpack on with 70 pounds and you're like, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> and we were wearing uh, some permanent, really heavy backpacks for hundred percent. I, yeah. I, it is fascinating to me how that it all makes sense. Now, when I was going to the chiropractor three days a week with a jacked up back and my knees always hurt when I was like, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Huh? And uh, I know, I know John was, he had heard it, but he wasn't sure it was true or not. And so like, I quickly looked yeah. into it. And uh, yeah, so so like the it's one to four ratio because of like the where because of weight is only on this small area of the knee, mm-hmm. so all this body weight is landing on this small surface area. So you lose for every one pound of fat loss, you're dropping four pounds of pressure off your knees. So like Which 100 is, pounds is so incredible, guys. Think about that. 200 pounds. So like my 200 pound weight loss, I just took 800 pounds off my knees. So 278, do the math because I'm a dumb dumb. What is it? Two uh 278. So one to four. Hold on. Because I'm I'm very, very interested now. 278. So one to four. So 278. 278. 1112. You took wow. 1112 pounds off your knees. Yeah. No wonder pressure. why my knees are great now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, besides, you know, need a meniscus repair, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That cr- oh yeah. Cause like, just think about it. standing there. It sucks. Yeah. It, that's, it's- that's a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. And so, um, yeah. And so, yeah, so that was one of the, the realities and same thing with back pain, same thing. Like oh, just yeah. the idea of when, like when you lose the weight and you just, just, it's fascinating. Like the, the, the thing to me with this is like, you don't understand the prison you're in when it's been your reality. Right. And like, this is, this is always my biggest thing when it comes to this body positivity, the obesity and like people dangerously promoting size of a either scale, small or big, um, which is like, 
when you actually feel what it's like to be a healthy weight compared to not all the aches, all the pains, all the little things that you think are fucking normal, aren't normal. (laughs) Like, like the idea of you, your knees and back hurting after a mile walk should not be a thing. Right. But it is for you, but it's always been normal to you. So you think that's normal to everyone else. And it's not. And so like the knees and the back pain just from weight loss is incredible. And so we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of leave it there with the reality. Um, What's the next one? The next one is the fun conversation. <laughs> oh, David really wants to talk about this one. I just Well, it's just fun. I just find it fun. I'm an authentic kind of person. I want to share. No, it is. It, it's, it's a good piece of knowledge because I think, I mean, I don't think I know it's asked yeah. a lot. It's it's asked, which is uh, Wiener size. So mm. with massive weight loss, at least for myself, I don't I, I've never done any clinical research into this. I'll be honest. I've, ne- I've never actually looked into is there any clinical research? However, based upon personal experience and conversations with people I have talked to, when you lose 100, 150 to 200 pounds plus and you're a male your wiener gets bigger it, and, and not just like a, this is the whole thing to me, not just like a FUPA of like uh, the fat disappears. So it makes it look, I'm telling you it physically got bigger, like girth side, everything got bigger. Okay. And yes. And now we're going to talk about why though. Right. Because I think obviously it's testosterone driven. Right. That's my, it's, it's not magically like God was just like, congratulations. Congratulations David. on 200 pounds. <laughs> bigger hey. wiener. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what happened. And that's not what's going to happen to anybody. But, but now I'm, now I'm going to put on the science cap for a second. I I think it's testosterone. Because he's a 12 year old boy right now. So I'm going to put on the (laughs) science hat for a second. And yes, I think it has a a lot to do with increased testosterone because obviously your your body's going to create more testosterone now that there's not so much fat going on because Mm -hmm. the fat's suppressing that. More estrogen is released into the body. It's crazy. It's it's wild what the human body does. Um, But also, there's an increase of blood flow down there, guys, mm-hmm. because of the fact that there's not that much skin there anymore. So the blood still needs to go somewhere. So instead of the blood just kind of hanging out in your fupa now and, you know, your buddy down there is not really getting all that blood loving. Now there's no fupa. Now there's a place the, the blood has the proper place to go. And your member kind of. I bet you. I mean, I'm you sure that, that makes sense. I mean, my, my I think it's testosterone more than anything. It's definitely testosterone. I think it's a mix of testosterone, blood flow, and obviously yeah. the fact of you're taking a mountain. If you imagine a tower, there's a mountain around it, and you're removing the so mountain. So fat. <laughs> yeah. All right, it we're gets, gonna keep we're gonna keep that conversation. It does. Motivation, guys. If 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 you want to talk a positive assertment of motivation, there's one for you. Um, and then I think this is a really good conversation. I love this one because it's this one really gets to me because, again, I'm just so much into the mental side of things. Um, mental health, body dysmorphia, and stuck in the past with massive weight loss. This is this is huge. This is the reality. Yeah, It is a reality that it just because you physically changed does not mean you mentally changed yet. I yeah. know this is contrary to popular belief. Like you make this statement that, well, you have to mentally change before you physically can. And I get it to a degree, but there are plenty of people out there that I've spoken to that have lost 150, 200, 250 pounds that look fantastic. 
And all they still think about is 400 pound self, 450 pound self, oh, self-worth yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, still think they look like shit mm-hmm. and like all this kind of stuff. And so to me, the reality is it's just because you've had a massive weight loss does not mean you're not fit, like mentally done with like making the decision. It's that's, I mean, that's why I always tell people you, you, you got to fix that mental mind state before mm-hmm. you really dive into the meat and potatoes of the rest of this. Like you gotta, you gotta renovate the attic before you work on the rest of the house mm-hmm. as far, as far as weight loss goes, because does, does some mental growth go down as you're losing weight? Absolutely. Oh, and when I say it goes down, I mean, does, does, do you gain mental growth? Obviously you definitely gain mental growth. You're definitely going to see things through a new lens, but, just because all the fat is gone, even if you get skin surgery, guys, like you could have skin surgery, you could look immaculate and you could still look in the mirror every day and have body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. I have body dysmorphia. You know, there's I, I tell people this all the time. I still have dreams to this day. And in my dreams, when I go to sleep at night, I am 500 pounds and I wake up in a cold sweat. And it's not until I pass my mirror in my room that I'm like, holy fuck, you, you don't look like that anymore. You know, or I'll try on something and uh you know, I'll think that I look huge in it. And the truth of the matter is I, I, I don't. Or right now I have a, you know, I just had, I just had my chest done. I'm, you know, five, seven days post-op. I have a compression garment on right now. I feel like I look like a whale right now, you know, and I'm, and you know, the first two days, half of me was just like demeaning the fact that I even lost 278 pounds, had a tummy tuck and now just had my chest done. All in my head, I could keep thinking about is you look like a fat fuck. You look like a fat fuck. You look like a fat fuck. Like, you can't think that way. It's going to happen. Listen, I feel like I really have a very strong mental base under me right now for a while. Does normal life bullshit break its way through? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's just being a human. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even some of the most mentally tough people in the world will have a minute of time in their day. Oh, where, 100%. You know, they second guess what the fuck is going on. It Again, guys, we're humans. Mm-hmm. I just think about it in the standpoint of like habitualness. And like, right. that's where it comes down to does, how often does this happen? Do I look at myself in the mirror every so often and be like, yeah, you got some belly fat to lose. You got to do that. 100%. Do I constantly get into this negative self-talk and and no i don't like does it does it slip in every so often because there are thoughts that we just go i don't know where the fuck that came from but it happens it's the the question to me is where is your habitual emotions if you were to um when it comes to like the mental health the body dysmorphia the stuck in the past if i were to ask you what are the top five statements you make about yourself what are they you're at, you're asking me. No, I'm just I, well, I'm oh, saying anyone say. listening, and I I have to ask you right now, John. What, what do you, what would you say the top five, if top five physical statements you make about yourself? What are they? Hmm. Phys- like just about physicality. Just say yeah. We're just gonna say the mental body dysmorphia stuck in like. If you were to say out of the five top statements you make about yourself throughout the day, what are they? It's a really good question, David, and I kind of hate you for answer, asking that right now. I'll go um, first if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, go first because I'm really like. Yeah, I would say. I, you know what? Hold on. Okay. I think that I am the shit. 
right? And I know that that comes off super cocky, but I'm the shit to myself in my own mind. Like I, I'm not the shit. Like I don't, I don't walk up to random people on the street and be like, "Hi, my name is John Arpino, and I'm the absolute fucking greatest and of all fucking nobody. time." And you're a fucking nobody. No, I think I'm the greatest of what I do for myself by myself all the time because if i thought yeah if i thought anything less then i would become less so if you don't think that you're the goat in everything that you do then you don't become the goat in what you do you need to be the goat for yourself every single day so i think that that kind of what is what i tell myself every day you know um i was it american pie do you remember there's a kid there? I think it was American Pie. And, and one of the lines I think Stifler says is like, oh, I don't leave the house till I look in the mirror and tell myself that I'd fuck myself. That's, <laughs> that's a real thing, man. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's a real, real thing. And, and again, that might sound vain as hell. But like, if I don't tell myself that, then I think that I am an absolute piece of trash for the yeah, rest of the just... day. Like, I need to fluff my own brain. You know, people, it's think, my, it's, well, yeah. people think this stuff's random. Like, it's not right. fucking random. No, like, no. That I this is where I've come to. I won't, actually no, sorry. Keep going, and then I'm gonna go off of what. So you're you, that was number two. Uh, or do you want to? Or do you want to just kind no, of? Like, yeah, no, that was like broad. Yeah, no, that okay. was like just broad. You know, okay. the verbiage may change, but the message is you know. Message the same. Okay. Message is the same. Okay, because yeah, it's like my whole thing is like people don't re- like the mind and how you use it. It's not fucking random, right? People think it is. It's not fucking nothing. Just just happens. There's reasons why you do what you do. You may not understand it, uh-uh. but there's reasons for it. It's like um, you sit here and you go, I, I, I will, it, it wouldn't, isn't it fascinating that something that I used to hate about myself is now one of my most favorite attributes, yeah, yeah. which is I used literally 400 pound David, when he used to walk around, I like say, say I was lead, uh, the shirts I was wearing to, I would never go anywhere shirtless to like to the beach or anything. Cause I would cover my titties mm-hmm. and I would, I would act like it, say I did take off my shirt, which is a very rare occasion. I would act like I was cold. Obviously I wasn't fucking cold and I would do this. And now I it, call it vanity. I don't give a fuck. Cause I love myself. And I look at myself in the mirror and I'll go bam, bam. And I'll do a titty dance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like mm-hmm. David, you're a fucking stud. Yeah. Like, and you think it's random that I have this confidence for myself. No, it's not because I assert my, like I do this to myself every fucking day. Right. But you have like it, it's habitual. It's habitual. That's the whole thing. I mean, like what I used to do was I'd look at myself in the mirror and be like, wow, look at these titties. Look how like you would, you go down upon yourself. Yes. And then now I take these different things that now I like about myself and I, compound and talk about it you think it's random that i have this confidence now no it's not random no it's because i do it every single day constant reminding constant it's it's an exercise like it's 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 neural pathways of the brain if you go positive it's going to keep navigating your brain to look positive you go negative it's going to keep neck that's where i get a little wonky when it comes to people that overly dramatize body dysmorphia mental health and stuff Mm -hmm. because they constantly talk about how they're in these negative loops. Well, guess what? If you constantly talk about you're in these negative loops, what are you going to continually have? Right, is a negative negative loop. loops. Right. If you keep telling, like, if if you if you portray to everyone, you know, I'm good for eight months out of the year, but you know, those other few months, I'm just I'm just totally negative. Like, 
What the fuck do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. It's you're, 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 you're just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. You, you keep telling you yourself how, how I have body dysmorphia, body dysmorphia. Guess what? You have, you're going to have body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. It's Guys, not it's, your it's, brain just wants to do what you ask of it. It's and so, yellow car syndrome, yeah. which is my favorite meme that goes around every so often on Instagram. If you think yellow car, you're going to see yellow car all the time, all the time, or every time you get a new car, you know, every time I've gotten a new car, I'll be like, wow, I've never seen anybody with this car before. Like, Blah, 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 blah. Or, or like when I'm thinking about what car I'm going to get when my lease is up, I'm like, hmm, you know, I really like X, Y, Z. I never really see them so often. There's nine million of them now. There's nine All million. of a sudden, exactly. every, everyone owns one now. You ready for the science? Go ahead. Reticular activating system. Say it actually. RAS, reticular activating system. You want to believe me? Look it up. Okay. It's the part of the brain that naturally tries to find what you ask of it. Yellow car, yellow car, body dysmorphia, body dysmorphia. You're going to, if, if I could easily, if, if I started getting the pattern, the mental pattern of what I don't like about my body, guess what? I could find it. Yeah. And if I got the pattern of asking what I do enjoy about my body, I'm going to find it. Right. And, and now, so I'm not saying if you wake up every day and say, I'm going to find a million dollars, I'm going to find a million dollars. Well, find that's completely dollars. different. Different. <laughs> totally different, guys totally different but if you wake up every morning and you say i love myself today yeah and you do that for like six months whew. and you start getting in the habit of what because again there are it, this is like the mental health and the body dysmorphia stuck in the path this whole these are all neural neural pathway loops is uh-huh. what, what's happening and like there are infinite amount of things you could look at yourself and be like i fucking hate this about me yeah and there are infinite amount of things you could look at yourself and say what you enjoy about yourself. And there, you, there, both sides have infinite possibilities. So the question is, what are you actively focusing on more? That is the biggest difference is because I can, I can talk about how, you know what, I, I, I really don't like how I get some bags under my eyes so often because I just don't give a shit. I don't focus on it. Because right. I don't ask myself those questions. I don't, I don't, fo- I don't navigate. I've gotten so good at navigating myself to, wow, David, I really enjoy how big your delts are. Like, oh, look, look at the roundness. Great. I love that. And if you get into the pattern of it and you get into the habit of it every single day on the positive reinforcement back and forth, the negative stuff habitually goes away. Does it mean it goes away forever? No. But like it doesn't happen nearly as much because you're building that momentum and it's just like fitness, same thing. Um, that's the whole thing with mental health that I think is so interesting is just because you physically change does not mean you mentally changed. Um, What's on that list? Anything else? That's actually the last thing. Is there anything else that we want to talk about that we didn't have on this list for facts, myths, and realities with massive weight loss? No, but you know what? I think what we will do and I'm got? going totally off the cusp on oh, this gosh, right now. Oh, gosh, here we go. If you are watching and or listening to this video and you have your own facts, questions, or myths. Oh, I like that. With, with fat, you know, with, you know, making the extreme weight loss change or, you know, post weight loss, leave them in the comments or shoot a DM over to the ALG Instagram page and we will answer them either as they come in on the next episode or an episode after that. We want to start answering questions that you guys have. So feel free to drop those in the comment section or just shoot them over individually to us and we will answer them. Definitely. I think that's a really good leeway. What do you think? I like that. No, that was really yeah. good. Cause, cause again, cause I, we want this to, it's not just about us and what we think is best. Like, obviously we can't think about everything yeah. that you guys have. And, 
if you guys want to hear some stuff on more nutritional science stuff, sweet. If you want to hear women's mental health, more stuff, we'll figure that out. Right. Uh, whatever it may be, we definitely want to get your input because it's this, this show is not just about us. It's about trying to help as many people as we can. That's oh, the biggest yeah. thing. Yep. Um, so with that, I think that we, uh, I think we finished up this episode. I think, it I think it went really well. Episode. What do you think? I, I really enjoy it. I, the mental health stuff. I just, I get so lit by it. Cause it's like, uh, we live in, I, I just, I know. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah I, I have. Mental very, health is not talked about enough. It's not talked about really enough. Trying to end that stigma over here at ALG. I it's really not talked it. about enough. And I get, I'll be honest though. I get worried because you get a lot of people that talk about mental health and act like they know what they're talking about, but their results don't prove it. That's, that might be another episode for another day. We're not going to names. I know. Drop, I know. Oh, I'm not. Uh, no, there's no name drops. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to ever name drop. But I just there's been enough people that even in my past where it's like they people portray themselves to be this i this mental health icon on social media, and yet yeah. behind closed doors, they're not that way, and it's just dangerous. Very dangerous. Be yeah. Yeah. Again, I think that's another episode for another day. Definitely. We're going to wrap this one up. Um, <laughs> Before we go, um, I just want to ask everybody. Well, first of all, I want to thank everyone for edging out a little time in their day, joining us, listening to the episode. If you can, please leave us a five-star rate and leave us a nice little review. We are looking at those reviews, and we do appreciate them. The more reviews, the more the show grows. So please just take out a little time to do that. And if you can, please share this with a friend or someone that you think will be inspired by this episode. Uh, you can join us each and every Wednesday night for the absolute free ALG community call. Just log on to www.accountablelifegroup.com. Look up the live events and you can join us each and every Wednesday night, 830 Eastern Standard Time. And I just learned this from being in L.A. That's 530 Pacific Standard. <laughs> I funny. learned it. I got to tell you, though, the, the the community call has been really good lately. Like, it's, it it's just it's been fun. Like. Just meeting people, seeing where they're at, having real conversations. It's been, I guess it's, it's fun. It's fun. No, it is. It's a blast. So we'd love to meet you. We'd love to have you. And uh, with that, I think that's uh, all we have to stay. So stay beautiful, stay sexy, stay accountable. Doodles. <laughs>